last week Liam joined the Seven Nation Army for the week but Girls Aloud stayed on as the series winner And Scott also opted for the White Stripes This is episode winner But it's still Sound of the Underground in his top spot Welcome to the Naughtiest Naughty It's your weekly uh, Galavant Your weekly sojourn through the uh, the minefield that was the noughties and it really is a minefield as we'll find out today uh, we are going through every single single that got in the top 10 of the UK charts from the years 2000 to 2009 uh, going through them in excruciating detail we listen to them we watch the videos we read stuff online about them we read what people have said about them when it came out we look at the discourse that's happened since then and we come to some conclusions about what was the best pop song uh, of the noughties how exciting. Big job. And yes, you do do all of those things. <laughs> I do do. I do do indeed. Do do. Big job. Um, today we have a massive number one that we're not going to talk about. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I um, I do. I can tell you this a little bit about it. So whenever I was in Ireland a few months back, me and my dad had had a bit of an argument after watching Netflix for a period of time. And um, while we'd been, well, me and my wife had been watching Netflix and my dad came into the room, but Netflix had done that thing, you know, at the end of the film where it stays off mm. for a while. And like 15 minutes of silence and us chatting on and stuff and then there's a bit of an argument and then everything's really tense and then the film restarts and it is American Pie The Reunion Mm. which starts with my mind's telling me so the most awkward moment of my adult life was interjected with that song which was used in that film at the time but Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. my um, university flatmates who got together when we were in uni it was 2014 and their sort of like their song you know their sort of couple song that like I guess they associate with like a particular moment of their blossoming relationship was uh, a 2014 obviously like a, a bump and grind oh, dance yeah. remix wasn't right. it which back then was huge and it's, it it's, was. it's a good remix yeah. uh, unfortunately oh Kelly is uh, the person who made it originally and is the person we're skipping today the song in question was called Ignition Remix we'll say that mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there um, it was number one for four weeks it was number one for an entire month arguably almost definitely the biggest song we're going to skip on this entire podcast. We're skipping it for uh, reasons that should be apparent. He was sentenced to 30 years in prison just this year. Uh, He's actually awaiting trial when the song came out in 2003 for for various things. And only kind of now has has he been put away, like, probably for good. But yeah, so a huge, huge track that we're going to miss. If you're upset by that, I I kind of... I don't know. It's a a tricky one. It is, because, you know... It's cancel culture, isn't it? And we don't want to negate your memories that you've got of these certain things because, yes, it's obviously played a part in our lives, but we don't want to keep that brand alive because no. um, we're thinking victims before we're thinking memories. Yeah. It's a, like, if we're being real, it's a great song. It's I just. Hate, I hate that. I know. Isn't it awful? It's like, I love some Eric Murillo tunes too, and I'm I like, I just can't play Alexandra Burke and Elephant because he was the producer of it, and I wish that I could. Yeah. But, yeah. I think it, cre- it creates an interesting conversation that we're going to have multiple times over the next several years. And I think there's some people who are like, ah, stop being so woke and nah, nah. And if you use, like, if you use woke as, like, an offence, like, to try and offend us then, like, this isn't the podcast for you, unfortunately. Probably isn't, no. No. But we do need you to kind of keep flagging up people that we are talking about that we maybe shouldn't because we're not, we're not yeah. aware of the stories. Well, the one that you told me about this week, like, it was kind of... It wasn't their song, was it? It was just that they had a sample as part of a song that belonged to somebody else and, you know, it was kind of, yeah. Cryptic. But, 
keep yeah I yeah, know keep um, keep us right keep us in line uh, let us know what you think of all this kind of conversation we'll just kind of do what we can and I think most of everything else is pretty uncontroversial today so we shouldn't shouldn't be stepping on too many landmines today I no think. I don't think so no, and if anything so. we're probably more likely to say something offensive on purpose yeah, yeah. great oh I look forward <laughs> to that then uh, so that's not coming up but what is coming up fame and money are the hot topic this week big brothers Craig David and Good Charlotte all have a thing to say or two. Something which rich and famous people often experience uh, is the topic of a song which rocketed Tom Craft to number one this week, uh, plus big hits for Ronan Keaton, Kelly Rowland, The Cheeky Girls, and Bangra Nights. But first... This is a new month. It's the 4th of May 2003 when all of these songs debuted in the charts. Uh, also in the album charts this week, Justified, Justin Timberlake, back mm. to number one. We'll be doing another Justin single next week, Ooh, possibly. Really? Yeah, and it's a really good one. Uh, and a new entry at number five in the album chart for David Snedden with seven years, ten weeks. Number five, not bad. No, not bad. Please. Respectable. Some tracks that weren't at the top ten include number 26, a follow-up. Well, actually, is it a follow-up? Because, I mean, the, the, the one that sticks out to me came out, like, ages ago. So there's probably had a few since then, but this one is quite a good performer for Pure Tone. Addicted to bass. We've had that. Have we? This is, like, What's about this a year one, and a half oh. after. Oh, what was this? This one's called Stuck in a Groove. Stuck in a Uh, do you remember it? Not really. Okay. Uh, well, the listeners just heard a bit, and just to ruin the magic, we didn't. Uh, and 87 is a track I think we'll do at some point soon, because it must it must climb. It definitely climbs. Definitely climbs. 87, Buster Rhymes and Mariah Carey. I know what you want. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. As long as you want, you know I got it. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. I know what you want, you know I got it. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give, give it to you. I know what you want. It was like they were in the room. Baby, if you can. I'll do the Mariah bits, baby. If you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mariah actually, and Scooter. That's a nice segue because uh, Scooter being German, uh, as is Thomas Bruckner, who is better known to us as Tom Craft. This was a number one single for one week before. Uh, and it was uh, a huge track back in the days, only top 40, but what a tune it is. It's Tom Craft and Loneliness. was recorded in the Electro Rome studios in Berlin and written by Ivan Matthias, Andrea Martin, Thomas Buckner and Enyak as well and produced by Enyak and Tom Craft together mm. um, and it's a bit of an excerpt of Andrea Martin's Share the Love tune. Yeah. I 
never heard the Andrea Martin version. No, and do you know the story behind how the, sam- the sample came about? Hit me. Uh, so basically, and this is as the story goes, now we, we've kind of cast some doubt on these sort of stories before, haven't we? Of kind of like, it came about in this way, and isn't that fantastic? I'm going to choose to believe that this is actually what happened. Uh, he was in a charity shop uh, looking through the vinyl, and he found Share the Love by Andrea Martin. He took it home, and he combined it with a, a track he'd already made a couple of years before, and it became loneliness. So this is based on record shops allowing you to take the record out and listen to it and then buy it. I don't know, this is like a real hipster may, record shop. Maybe he already knew the track and thought, oh, that'd be good. Or maybe he just ran, randomly bought yeah, a yeah. bit of vinyl. You'd need to know it unless you were in Virgin Megastores pressing that big yellow button. Mm. Mm-hmm. But if this was, say, like 50 pence or like 50 cents, I guess, in a charity shop, maybe the artwork was nice. I haven't seen the artwork for the single. Maybe it was a nice, nice, pretty picture. And he thought, oh, that could be Maybe cool. this is the DJ challenge and I need to put in the Dance Revolution. I've, Let's go to a pound shop and yeah. get a bit of vinyl and you have to sample it. I thought we could either call it because I've had the exact same idea. Oh, yeah. Uh, we could call it Charity Tunes, I guess <laughs> in like Charity Tunes, uh, or Scrapped Beats Challenge, like Scrappy uh, Challenge, Scrapped Beats, Beats Challenge. Yeah, I can't yeah. say that, Scrap Beats Challenge, can I? Scrap Beats Challenge? Mm, yeah, it's a bit red of a... Red lorry, yellow lorry, red lorry, no. yellow lorry. This uh, is a nice bit of techno on the charts. We've had a lot of trance to this point. We've not really had much, if any, techno, especially not at number one. No, this is like a change in tune for the whole techno scene. So yeah. the kind of gist is, obviously, trance is trippy and, you well, not trippy as such, but euphoric and hypnotic. Mm. Um, when you, you lose talk- yourself, don't you, to, tra- yeah. to, to trance. It's just a real like, a loss of inhibition, I think. Yeah, and when you talk about techno, techno is meant to scare you because the elements are meant to sound like machinery-like or like foreign planet-like. So yeah. you should be kind of scared by techno and hypnotised by trance. This is clearly techno at the top of the charts this is a Nova Anthem I've got it down Mm. as an intro just because I still before the beat even comes in gets me straight away Nova Um, being one of your first cars yes for new listeners absolutely and this still how does this still sound amazing in 2022 Mm -hmm. like it actually does doesn't it I think it's timeless I think I mean I've I've known of this track for probably not 2003 because I don't think this was on the now albums actually it probably <laughs> would have been. it would have been but I would have skipped it because I probably was a bit scared of it being like mm-hmm. a sort of a, a moody techno track that wasn't you know Steps or S Club or any kind of bubblegum stuff like that it's um, it, it is kind of scary I do, I do find it a bit intense and a bit scary although it yeah. depends which version you listen to because there is a few different cuts isn't there there is so I watched the music video for the first time and watching the music video was a bit annoying because it was structured differently mm-hmm. and actually my brain's been 2022-ified because I was like oh come on get to the point <laughs> a bit faster when I watched the music video version which was probably like four and a half minutes instead of three and a half minutes but what I like about this is the do you know if you listen to a lot of indie bands and independent artists a lot of them are really really smart with the way that they master in distortion Mm -hmm. and actually this has a lot of distortion in it that for 2003 was really well done and I think that there's that kind of shows the element of real artistic nature of Tom Craft here Mm -hmm. considering so many people are in in this track it actually it feels like it's a massive every man's been in it but also there's something really smart and independent about it so it's like where does it sit this is this is great. Mm-hmm. There's lots of interesting things to read about this online, uh, including uh, a quote from Tom Craft, Thomas Bruckner himself, uh, who says, "The lyrics say that happiness seems to be loneliness, and loneliness kill my world. It doesn't really make much sense to me either, but I prefer it because of that. I like the idea that it's a bit crazy. It's just that kind of record, yeah. and it is a bit crazy, and it doesn't really make much sense. But that often kind of leads to a good recipe for a, a big hit, doesn't it? Like." 
there's so much to think about and so much to pour over and you might not ever get any conclusions from it but you can just lose yourself in no and then the years, magic of it. years later you might just bond with it and begin to understand what it means because like yeah. when I was young I didn't understand but face down ass up kind of meant you know yeah. But I, I get it now. You get it now. Yeah, I get it now. It's all about gardening. Sure. Yeah, of course. Alan Titchmarsh. Um, Chartwatch UK, uh, a blog that kind of was talking back at this time about, you know, chart placements and what it meant for the industry and that kind of stuff. And they say that it, this track coined a new genre, punk trance. Interesting. That's the distortion, isn't it? Yeah, it probably yeah. is a distortion. I haven't heard punk trance before, uh, but it's kind of a, it's 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 a wonder that you haven't because it isn't like two obscure genres being smushed together, is it? There's probably a lot more examples of kind of punk trance where it is kind of distorted and it is. Do you know very scary. very coarsed and fire? Probably actually feels. Feels maybe a bit punky. Well, mm. and actually, weirdly, the track that he does around was it the track before Fire was called Punk. So that might make sense. Maybe, actually, maybe, does, yeah. maybe Tom Craft and Ferry Corson leading the way on punk trance. Mm. And just a few weeks ago, of course, Room Five Make Love was number one. I think for a good three four weeks wasn't it and um i think a lot of the stuff that i read kind of was a bit sniffy about the sample in that one sort of saying like it just sort of the the phasing effects and all that sort of thing it sounds a bit tired yeah uh, and that was one of the people saying that was freaky trigger who i often quote on this show because there's an extensive like he's done every number one single of this decade is as, as, in, in a blog form uh, he says if make love was a sound exhausted of use loneliness is a dance floor style in evil health Oh. Big fan, big mm. big fan. Interesting. Uh, Judge Jules was a big fan. This was the number one in the UK, probably because of how much he played on his show back in the day on Radio One, mm-hmm. um, and, and it was it was everywhere, wasn't it? And I think it's quite a good entry point for kind of German techno, which like even just saying German techno, people have an idea in their mind of what that is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's probably a bit off-putting, but actually, like this being blasted out on Radio One as much as it was, this being top of the charts, it's a kind of a nice way to ease you in and then once you're in there I mean the, the possibilities from that point is, is pretty endless this isn't was, it? yeah this was everywhere this was last night of my Nova I can picture coming down Main Street in Balamoney at probably half eight in the morning before my shop opened mm. at nine in traffic blasting it because I was very much oh I'm playing this song you just need to hear this song you should hear it and uh, my Nova was the walking or the moving sound system for that mm. yeah so banger 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 it'll be 20 years for it soon um, so there's a possibility that next year we might get some remixes oh, yeah. to put you on the spot a little bit here and I haven't written this down but I, I would have told you if I had the idea until just now is there anybody obviously because you have a dance music station you've got a dance music show which plays a lot of new music are there any DJs around now who you think might be able to sample loneliness like specifically the Tom Craft not just the vocal sample but like this Tom yeah. Craft is there anybody that stands out to you as somebody who might be able to do it justice who I think is really good at remixing them and keeping the originality in there but obviously any time you take it on it's still a bit cheesy but if we're saying what we want to do is we want to bring this to youth culture and have the bits it connected with us the first time connect with the young people today Timmy Trumpet mm. is very good at this kind of stuff I think he could do it really well tell me where the freaks at I 
I think Tiesto, like Tiesto does stuff really, really well. It's just unfortunate at the moment that he's taken on Black Eyed Peas Pump It and he's yeah. half the speed of it because the first three seconds, no matter how much you hear it, still mess with your head if you know the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiesto's a good shout. I mean, like, Tiesto could do this. Adagio for Strings Tiesto is kind of a big remix that yes. he took on and I can sort of see it in that sort of same space as well, actually. Yeah, yeah I think this needs to be kept at this BPM for it to be as effective. So, yeah, Timmy Trumpet... Yeah, oh, Hills could do it. I don't think David Guetta would do it justice. He is good at remaking stuff, but he's probably better. In fact, I would like to hear him have a go because what you hear him bring back is house tunes. Mm-hmm. So I'd be very intrigued to see what he does with like something this like dark and techno-ish. Mm. Yeah. On the subject of German techno, obviously there's a really famous nightclub in Germany in Berlin called Berghain, mm-hmm. which is like uh, the mecca of techno, like a really strict entry policy. You've got to look like you know you sh- you got to look like you belong there. You can't look like a tourist. You need to know who's playing. You have to be prepared for what goes on behind closed doors. Which, from what I've read, is like sort of weird, sort of German techno sex parties. Oh. It started oh. life as kind of like a a, a, a gay sex hangout spot and it's kind of evolved into like a, a techno thing that's kind of a well I was going to say more kind of open and welcoming but actually the door policy is so strict that not many people get in but it's reported, reportedly closing which would be a, a travesty I'd that look, is. I've got a friend Tamsin who would be try, trying to get on this show for ages because she's a massive um, hardcore new metal kind of person uh, and we it's our mission to go there before it closes well I'm going to Berlin in a few weeks' time. Oh, try and go in. Well, this is the thing now, but I don't really think that I'd put in a very good performance if I have to have gay sex with somebody. I don't think a, you have to. No, okay. But you might get in there and you might feel compelled. Oh, well, because when you when started in, telling when the in, story, when in Rome. <laughs> well, you were saying, and I was thinking, I wonder if I can get VIP. Actually, no, I'm probably going to be dressed in something from Primark. I probably look like the ultimate tourist. Mm. I'm not going to be styled enough to get into this. Um, and then as it kept going, I was a bit like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to really put in a very good sexual performance if mm. you have to go there and do that. And, and do you know what it was? it's not even it's nothing to do with like anything apart from the fact that I'm just really bloody tired and could I be arsed yeah. I'd go to the club but you know you wouldn't get if, if I had pumps. the tash on if I had the tash on with somebody no chance and yeah mm, mm. that's that's it and you're not really a techno person anyway you'd be, you'd be bored I would love to go clubbing in Berlin it would, it would be amazing it'd be, yeah. really, it'd be very very weird to leave my wife and my child in a hotel room <laughs> while I go to like a club where I'm getting you're not bringing Victoria a, well no because who's going to look after Felix I'm not leaving him with a receptionist yeah, well, mm, yeah. it's Berlin. Spice up your life. Exactly. Uh, right, so that was number one this week, Tom Craft Loneliness. Uh, and the number two this week was just 100 copies behind. Just 100? Just 100. Wow. I mean, these days, that's kind of quite common, I imagine, because yeah. singles don't really sell that much, and I'm not really sure how the charts kind of measure sales anymore because it's all streaming and it's all a bit bullshit now. Back back in the day, back when the time we're talking about now, when real sales mattered. Yeah. I don't know what the political point I'm trying to make is, but um, but yeah, it's, it was much easier to follow. I, think. I was just sitting thinking about calculation. Uh, yeah. So this is number two, just mm-hmm. just missing out. It's Craig David with the help of Sting, or or Gordon from up here in the <laughs> north, with Rise and Fall. Picture, 
This is off the second studio album from Craig Slicker Than Your Average. And because if you know the original song, straight away you'd expect nice guitar. Mm. We get some nice guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Craig David, so tonally it's going to be nice. I yeah. think it's quite nice. And then very quickly, and I remember it, very quickly I get bored. Do you? Yeah, really bored quickly. Mm, okay. And I figured, I was sitting thinking, I was watching it going, why am I getting bored? Because Craig hits a really nice high note and then Sting goes into a really nice high note. And actually, it's really weird. I don't want Sting on it. I know it's his track originally. I didn't need Sting there. Mm. And then it's like, this isn't right. There's something sitting, playing with me. And then I remembered, Sugar Babes did it. Yes. And they did it better. Just a few weeks ago, mm. song called Shape. Uh, also used by Naz on The Message in 1996 and also more recently used the guitar was used on Juice World's Lucid Dreams which was an enormous hit mm-hmm. about four years ago I still see your shadows in my room Can't take back the love that I gave you It's to the point why I love and I hate you and I cannot change you so I must replace you so the sample shaped my heart. It's 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 lived a good life. It's that's uh, close to thirty years old. This Craig Dave version's well outperformed the Sting version, which didn't even get the top fifty when it came out. Uh, but it's since become one of his biggest solo hits uh, for Sting. Uh, yeah, Craig's enlisted Sting for this one. Craig wrote the song, then called up Sting and said. Come on, can I use a sample? And Sting said, I'll do you one better. I'll even come and sing on it and do new vocals for it. Uh, so the two of them got together and they, they, uh, Sting says they learned a thing or two from each other. It was nice to see the work interpreted in such a different way. And uh, Sting says he got his two kids through college because, because of, of this it. song alone. So um, he's not going to say no, he says, and he thinks it's great. So that's uh, so it's nice. I, I I think I like it more than you. I think I was bored by the other two singles from the album so far because we had What's Your Flavour? And um, flavor? I've already forgotten what the second one's called. I think I, I gave it some praise at the time, but I've totally forgotten what it is or what it's even called. Yeah. This one kind of sucked me in with the... The, the lyrics I think where I think you could probably accuse the two of us on this show of listening more for production and that sort of thing than really kind of going through the lyrics with a comb but I was kind of sucked in by the story of this one I think it's a a, a side of Craig that we haven't really seen yet like he's we, we know Craig for being quite an honest person when it comes to music and you know that puts some people off and we are approaching Bo Selector when Craig David's career kind of goes up in temporary flames but here you know he talks about fame in a way that we haven't really heard him talk about and I, and I think obviously Sting will have had similar things to say hence the collaboration hence the song being a thing yeah. in the first place I, I um I, I, I liked it more than you did I think I wasn't bored by it I'm trying to think do I like it more as a radio edit and listening to it when I don't see them because Sting looks awkward the whole way through the video mm. as if he doesn't know how to stand and he doesn't know how to stand or be on stage I think he he's always not the does. lead man yeah he's, and just, he's an awkward kind of character isn't he and I think this kind of goes back to do you know what I was saying Craig was too modern with people he was too modern too fast and now people get it whereas back then it was just like you're an idiot mm. this was a bit who whenever you're down with the kids goes and gets Sting on a track yeah and I know that we do it now because Elton John's been back with everybody and all of that kind of crack and he, maybe Craig was the first but it doesn't reek of oh can I use your sample mm. it reeks of no you can't use my sample unless I'm on it because you, you can get me to not like no that's just me making stuff up and that's probably <laughs> not I can like it doesn't seem that's the way but they, they do seem disjointed in the sense that like Craig 
in the video does everything correctly with his eyes mm-hmm. Sting looks awkward and he sings correctly but his hands sit weird and there's loads of things that are just a bit <laughs> off with it really and like it starts in the pub they're drinking so obviously Sting has a Guinness Craig David sits down with a mixer so there's something in a coke mm. or in a black curtain or something like that and then yeah, it just it just pans them going into the studio and it's I don't know there is a bit of about it all I'd love to be a fly on the wall for the initial meeting between the two of them when they first got together you know the, the, the phone call or the first kind of face to face like yeah. they seem sort of similarly passionate about music but just complete as you say different energies totally different vibes like it is it is the Guinness to a vodka and coke like that is how chalk that and is cheese it. they it is. feel yeah. it is the, it's actually yeah, it's literally them drink. Yeah. And I love, like, I really like Craig, and I think lyrically, I think he's really great in this. I don't think Sting needed to be on it. It was great mm. that it got to number two and it was only 100 behind Tom Craft, yeah. but I wonder if that's because of PR. Or I don't know what that's about, because obviously, what's Tom Craft's going to have been able to do mm. on top of the pops in CD UK compared to Craig David and Sting? You know, they, they can't do the same PR. Yeah. I think we're still in a time, though, where these kind of <sighs> legacy artists like Sting can still chart. You know, they, they are still chart names because like the it seems like the the pool of stuff that gets bought is much bigger. You know, we've been we've we've spoken a lot about genres on this podcast. Like recently, we've been like these days that wouldn't go anywhere near that. And I think this is the same for artists. Like you know, Simply Red last few weeks ago was a, a top ten, and mm-hmm. like these days that would not be a thing. The album would do would do really well, but the single wouldn't even hit the hundred, let alone the yeah. ten. Uh, but I think you know we're still in an age and an era where that can happen because I think probably because they are on actual shelves and people actually can go in music shops yeah. and buy singles uh, whereas now you know of course it's like the the new fresh young artists who are getting the singles recognition so I, I'm, I'm not totally I'm, to, I'm not I'm not totally surprised by Sting being here but I think you'll see literally in a few minutes we talk about the next thing that comes in that the charts are still a bit of a wild wild west <laughs> when it comes to or like in the case of someone we talk about like a a very not wild wild west yeah but um no after after the realness of come undone from robbie was it last week or the week before this is kind of a a, a similar kind of account of the trials and tribulations albeit you know craig david doesn't like shag himself at the end of the video or anything like that this just feels like an appropriate sort of tone and level for craig to kind of bleed his yeah. heart out a little bit mm-hmm. bless him and this is the, the the highest we'll see craig in the charts ever it's all kind of downhill from here oh, the rest. chart-wise. Okay. Yeah, Number two, though, not bad. It's his best chart performance in three years as well. This was a number one on the UK hip-hop and R&B chart, which is surely the first and only time Sting got one of those. <laughs> has to be, surely. Uh, okay, we'll move on to Ronan Keaton uh, with a number three called The Long Goodbye. This is the fourth and last single from the second album, Destination. I didn't remember this, but the open and tinkly piano felt quite familiar. Mm. Um, still didn't know it by the pre-chorus. And then when the chorus kicked in, just reminded me of one of the songs at the end of a TV show like CD UK where they don't have time to play it, so they play Fade 20 seconds and cut it off. Yeah. It was a, a cut her off track yeah. and I still didn't recognise it. No. But there's no way that I have, if this got to number three, there's no way I didn't hear this all of the time. It just hasn't stuck in. This would have been a skip on the Now CD for me. 
yeah yeah nice piano i'm a sucker you know i'm a sucker for nice piano i'm a sucker for nice strings in there tonally you can never fault the tone of ronin mm. lyrically it's really nice it's probably been dropping mummy's panties off since 2003 <laughs> but it's just a bit unforgettable no is that the wrong it's a yeah, bit forgettable it's a bit forgettable, a bit forgettable. Yeah. but nice yeah so you know i still want to watch him on the one show yeah but i don't want to listen to the song no and i, uh, I believe in give me a love on each day well yeah definitely I mean in my notes here I've written come on Ronan I thought life was a roller coaster that's a better one this is just the fucking teacup rides it's just like what happened like I think this entire album's been or or certainly the singles have all been this kind of way we talk about like you know weird artists who are still charting and still being used for collaborations you know this album had a a Lulu feature in 2003 I mean we love her but it's the same sort of sting thing of like you know it's a bit of a weird look and it has fully pushed Ronan further and further down that sort of unescapable sort of rabbit hole of easy listening mams and grands panty wetters <laughs> yes but where's the roller coaster Ronan the roller coaster has <laughs> and your granny's pants oh, apparently let's, let's not bring my granny into this please um, I was talking about like hypothetical not not mine <laughs> Just you know, other yeah. people's. He has to, he has to do ballads. You've got to do ballads because yeah. you can't just have love in each days and life as a roller coaster. When your audience and your target audience, like the fact he's number three means he hit youth culture and probably the radio two audience all in one go. But mm. yeah, a number three at this point with a style of song means he hasn't fully hit the radio one youth culture. He hasn't fully hit the radio two. No, but they're they're getting the money coming through from an amalgamation of the both. So he's 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 sitting in two camps here, isn't he? Really, mm. and you know he's he's top five. So. Laughing all the way at the bank. Mm-hmm. Now we're number five for Kelly Rowland, whose solo career to this point has been very interesting, hasn't it? She had Dilemma with Nelly, which was enormous. Then she had Stole, which wasn't as enormous, but did make Scott cry like a... Well, yep. still does make you cry like a baby, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, and now, in another entirely different sound. She's nothing if not versatile. Uh, this is Kelly Rowland with Can't Nobody... Love me better. <laughs> you wish. This is off Kelly's solo album Simply Deep and it samples Let's Get Small by R&B band Trouble Funk. I've got it down as an introduce. Sure. I couldn't remember it from the title. Nope. And then the first beat, I went, oh, mm. jam! Forgot how good this actually was. It sounds like quite 90s British kind of beat. Yeah, like this <laughs> This was just, this was new age computerised R&B coming through from America yeah, yeah. to the masses. This And this was actually one of the tracks that did it really on reflection. It was so everything and it was loud and brought up in the mix really well. But like, it's just, it's just, it's just cool as fuck. Like it it really, cool. really was. And you kind of forget that. That was the case because, you know, yeah, she's had like a little lovey ballad, heart wrenching something or other, and then now we're getting the bops. Mm. Um, but it's just, uh oh, uh oh. Mm-hmm. So good. I really like this. And Beth is filthy. Yeah. Beth, Beth, Beth is filthy. I'm sure how many eyes I've got in the word shit here. Shit. It's about 12. My first note was just, oh shit. Had you ever heard it before? No. Oh, is that your first time hearing I think it? So, yeah. Oh, amazing. I think so. Isn't that a shame though? Because I, ha- I didn't know Stole either, really. So, yeah. like, I'm, I'm only I'm a, I'm a newcomer to the Kelly Rowland solo career. It's because uh, well, the PR for Beyonce was so big. Well, 
interesting mm-hmm. you say that because uh, again to go back to Chartwatch UK uh, just pull out some quotes that they'd written from when this came out in 2003 well it hasn't been a bad year for Kelly Rowland so far has it I think we'd agree with that wouldn't mm-hmm. we in the battle of the Destiny's Child stars get this Beyonce has some catching up to do <laughs> yep but she did it's true and then you look at hindsight at like literally two months from now Crazy in Love comes out mm-hmm. and like all of the stuff that Kelly's done is just like bomb 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 yeah. bomb yeah. Fire extinguisher. Set up and fire on we on it. Yeah. Kelly was shunned down that, that yeah. list. I like that Kelly says, no one does it like me. What, mm-hmm. not even Beyonce or Michelle? It's an interesting line to put in there for somebody they who's been part of a band. But do you not... So you believe... You believe Kelly in these songs and then there is a thing about Beyonce where it's just you're a massive superstar but you are a performer and there is a fake element to everything that Beyonce does and it's maybe it's maybe the always keep them guessing kind of thing which I still stand by Victoria Beckham's only celebrity that for decades has kept people guessing nobody mm. really actually knows what she's like or understands no. her because she's so sarcastic when you think she's being serious she's completely playing you sometimes mm-hmm. but um, Beyonce is a bit like you know, Crazy in Love was an act mm. her first big thing was an act it was all fake it's a bit like you know Kelly Rowland had Dilemma mm-hmm. and we believed Dilemma like people really really oh, yeah, believed they really that fell for that didn't they yeah and then what we see is we see different songs come from Kelly whereas you know you don't you, I don't think you ever really ironed out what Beyonce was like you just accepted her as this show person yeah and then that's probably actually what made her a super queen and it took Beyonce three goes didn't it because she had the Austin Powers thing she did oh, yeah. which people kind of want to forget mm-hmm. if you did like a list of like Beyonce singles ranked you'd probably put that somewhere near the bottom yeah and then there's all three Bonnie and Clyde which isn't a solo thing but it's you know it's not yeah. Destiny's Child that again got people guessing in the same way Dilemma sort of did but it's it is crazy in love for Beyonce the way it really ignited wasn't it like, it was she needed three goes whereas you know you'd say for Kelly Dilemma immediate Brilliant. caught fire mm-hmm. stole Again, I think, I mean, I, I don't remember it from the time, but, and, and you do, mm-hmm. you know, a continuation of that big deal flames. Of the channel. And then this, which is like, it's a real, it's a real thing. Uh, it didn't really do much in America, 97 on the billboard, but here at number five, uh, it was a big, big thing. Third single though, I mean, like, that's that's not bad. I think any criticism I saw from Stoll is that it was a jarring shift from Dilemma. And this is another big, quite jarring shift, you know, from the sort of real heart wrench of Stoll, which kind of touched upon real themes to this, which is, like, you know, in terms of how much it matters, it's very disposable. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a lot more kind of, um, you know, facetious and just a bit, like, a bit less necessary. Uh, but as a jam, it's a jam. Yeah, it's a bit like... It's a bit like the, the three-track test, you know, when you've become a solo artist. Right, let's test three tracks across this album release and see what you are. Are you the lead of a duo? Are you a ballad person with stool? Or are you a dancey jammer? And actually, this is probably the closest to where we remember her because, yeah, we remember Nellie and Kelly. I remember stool. But actually, it's like when you see what she did on X Factor when she did the Kelly Roll Omega mix, she didn't mm-hmm. touch any of these. She did When Love Takes Over, yep. she did Commander, and she did something else. And I mean, like, so she did all the dance ones, so she actually became a dance massive queen. dance queen, yeah. But this um, is the first, like, real hint of that being a thing for me. Like, you know, this is yeah. the closest thing to dance music we've had from her so far. Uh, the thing it put me in mind of in terms of what I remember from Kelly, and I do see her as more of a dance queen than, you know, as, than, as like, a stole kind of person. Uh, Freemasons work... <laughs>
but also yeah, be easy. Commander with Getter as well. So she she's become a real dance queen. Is there an alternative world where Beyonce is the dance queen? And and she has tried to do that this year with Renaissance. But is there a world mm. where Kelly is the megastar and Beyonce is the kind of well, yeah, because during Kelly's queen. so if you if you like were into British dance music, so there was there was there was probably very separate camps, more so to do with radio stations actually mm. in the UK where you know. Galaxy was dance and R&B but it was more dance um, whereas Kiss was dance and R&B but it was more R&B so there were there were little camps but like I went through a phase where Kelly Rowland was the big American pop star in theory but I think you know going back to my test of when you find the track and you know where they're going Crazy in Love does set it off that okay this is what Beyonce is now she's a she is a ener- energetic pop star mm-hmm. um, and then she's got to stick to that until she gets to go back to her experimental now you've earned your stripes mm. do whatever you want and then that's whenever Lemonade appears and you're like what the fuck's this yeah. but yeah I think yeah I think it's been re- you know only one can win I think Beyonce did win for the most of it but because I like dance music I had more exposure to Kelly Beyonce did we have any Got the green light. Uh-huh. That was Freemasons too. Mm. Yeah, she did green light. Beyonce, Dees, mm-hmm. Dees. Yeah, I, I, I like that we live in a world where both can do their thing and we can appreciate them both equally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But where's Michelle? Did Michelle have anything solo wise? I've seen her on Buzzcocks if, like about ten years ago with Simon Amstel, and she was lovely. I don't know if she did any music though. I don't remember and the word on the street was that she couldn't sing oh. but then didn't she just do the Masked Singer last year and proper impress us all oh did she yeah she I was think a Masked that. Singer oh. really surprising whenever she took her head off <laughs> <laughs> what a bizarre programme that is uh, it's a new week the 11th of May 2003 uh, a new album at number one for Blur with Think Tank of course mm. they had um, uh, Out of Time the single recently it was uh, at, at the bottom of the top ten but they are an album band uh, in good health as this recent entry suggests. Uh, a couple of singles in the top 10, or not in the top 10 as it was, uh, 23 for Dead or Alive, uh, reissued version oh, yeah. of You Spin Me Round. Yep. which was uh, part of a greatest hits compilation uh, did they have any other hits to your memory that you can name off top of your head not that I can name no that was the one for me was this a 7 inch single greatest hits compilation in that, <laughs> in that mind um, and a 31 for Groove Armada with vocals from Sunshine Anderson who we did on the podcast years ago uh, with Heard It All Before yeah, tune. and this track was called Easy Uh, not really. Mm. Me neither. Uh, right, number one this week was, of course, from uh, So we're going to say that de facto number one this week, although it actually wasn't, but it should have been, was Big Brothers with yeah. Favourite Things. Yeah. 
This is off the debut album New Flow and it is based on my favourite things from The Sound of Music. Have you mm. seen The Sound of Music? Uh, not all the way through. I don't think I've it's ever seen it. It's on every single year, but I've never seen it all the way through. No, but I knew that song before this song came out, so obviously I must have had some sort of experience of it at some point. I thought I hated this before mm. I pressed playing it. And? Didn't hate it. And you know what? Because I watched the music video at the same time, it actually takes a minute before any of the dudes appear mm-hmm. so my little babes that I love were yep. just singing away for 60 seconds and it was kind of loving my life and I really thought it was just going to be a cover of my favourite things and didn't realise it was so much of an adaptation and then I really liked the bass in it as well on mm. reflection but I, my brain for the, for years and years and years I thought oh god do you remember when they did that cheesy cover but I don't think I ever really appreciated how good it is yeah I think I thought similar things. I think I could hear the sound of music in my head and I couldn't hear this. And I was kind of thinking it's going to be cheesy. I'm probably the same place as you were actually like, the the bass on it is just like, it's such a pump. The, the way they kind of crank up the Baroque orchestral sounds and fuse it with some R&B. You get some lovely like tones from the lasses. You get like interesting flows, like really interesting like mixture like you know no two bits of the song are the same apart from the chorus obviously repeats but like every little section is different we've we, yeah. we heard that before on new flow and uh the second thing which i forget the name of but this has obviously been the third one and it's another really good showcase i think i've said showcase for every big brother song so far because <laughs> they do just show themselves off really really well they've obviously got a good team with them who are picking helping them pick the right things and put them in the right way because this this is this really is the people's number one this you know we're ignoring what's actually number one yeah. and we're saying this is a, a in my mind a, a worthy recipient of the crown i would agree i love the video the video is like bridgerton in 2003 yeah. what's a bit weird though is like you know they have to kind of semi be on top of each other which is just a bit <laughs> odd like they have to look like they're into each other and i'm a bit like Imagine being in a band where you're really close and best mates and then they're like, all right, okay, you need to rub the back of your finger and yeah. you'll down someone's face in your group and then you've got to kind of be all over them and make that weird eye contact and stuff. That'd be really... Like, imagine if I said you have to come around here and sit on my lap. Fine. Yeah, well, I would have said, let's talk about the first thing that comes up and end up in your penis. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a strange one because, yeah, you, you kind of forget all of the things that go with being a pop star when actually somebody comes in and was like, right, we're going to do this Bridgerton-style thing. Obviously, mm. didn't say them words. And you're going to look sexy and you're going to writhe on each other a little bit. And mm. eh, Best mates, strange. Well, remember when Steps did uh, The Way You Make Me Feel? Oh, yeah. And that was the same kind of period costume yeah, thing. Yeah, and we made a point at the time of saying obviously H at that point wasn't out and he will have had to like have romantic scenes with like Faye and like Lisa Scott Lee and Claire and it's just mm-hmm. like I mean they'll all been giggling obviously because I'm sure they will have known and it was just it's just us that didn't know the real truth mm-hmm. and they were all kind of making a big joke of it off, 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 off set sort of thing but um, but yeah I know what you mean it must be strange but I think when you when you get into this industry you have to sell your soul away don't you have to kind of be prepared to especially in kind of major label territory like if they if you're if you're on a major record contract and they want you to have basically Actually, sex on camera to sell yeah. records you best bet you're rubbering up what's weirder i suppose having your management have to go out of your hotel room and find someone for you to have sex with and bring them back just celebrity or just kind of like having to act with your bandmates for a few seconds yeah mm. maybe the acting with the bandmates probably that it's probably, probably fine, fine yeah like no one had to sign a non-disclosure agreement there you go yeah yeah uh. why do we do this podcast again just having to re- re- think about all the 
horrible, corrupt things that happen in the music industry. Yeah, Why don't we do like no. a podcast about golf? Well, no, we're, we're you know fine, right? Why we're doing this is because we're probably heading for 2006, 7, 8 when all the dirty dance music videos are on the go mm. and you get to watch them in a legit form and really like oogle them. It's oogle the word, oogle them with oogle. your eyes. Yeah, fair That's enough. the whole reason. And you, you pretend it's about Busted, yeah. but it's not. It's about Benny Benassi. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Got us. To go through some of their favourite things Diamonds Rubies Bentleys and Gucci dresses Drop top compressors Which I had to Google What is that? Uh, Mercedes Benz engines Oh yeah compressors yeah uh, Being wine and dined And platinum rings Are any of those Part of your favourite things? Wining and dining mm-hmm. I am parched to a nice Dinner Like, a, ben- like a Bentley? Uh if I was, you know, the thing is, it was I'd be the worst rich person in the world because either I'd give it away <laughs> or I'd save it all. I don't think I could have. Could I have a Bentley? I don't know. I think I would say no to having a Bentley, but I think the rest of the lifestyle has to match a Bentley. Mm. Like I can't just rack up through a McDonald's drive-through in a Bentley. <laughs> so McDonald's isn't going <laughs> for my life. Can I have a cup of tea, please? Can I have me? Can I have me a cup of tea? A two milks and a sweetener. <laughs> uh, I don't think I can really rack up in a Bentley for that. But you know, if you live in a big house in a, in a decent area and that's kind of the vibe, that's fine. But I couldn't do that at the cost of pulling up to normal places. Do I want a Bentley? I'm not really that... Um, I would only buy a Bentley if it was an investment or the depreciation it was going to be less than another car. It would be a strategic money-saving or money-making decision. Mm. I'm sure that goes through Big Brother's heads too. Like, we'll, we'll get the Bentley, but only if we can use it as some kind of financial yeah. strategy. So diamonds are good because they don't really depreciate, as mm. far as I'm aware. Rubies? Rubies. Um, rubies are quite bonny. I like the ruby. Yeah, okay. Anything, what else was on the Gucci list? Gucci dresses? Mm, not really. Uh, no, I don't have the arse for it these days. <laughs> what would your what was your favourite things if this was uh, Scott McGurty favourite things at number two in the charts what oh would it God. consist of Jesus kebabs McDonald's Chinese and some chicken <laughs> <laughs> mine's not far off except I hate kebabs <laughs> I don't even like kebabs no <laughs> gross kebabs. Ugh. Right, so that was number two. Uh, this is number three, uh, but like de facto number two. Although actually, it was number one in Scotland. So there you go. This is the Cheeky Girls with "Can You Believe It," a second single, and this one's called "Take Your Shoes Off." This is off the album Party. And, they got an um, album. They got an album. An album. Which doesn't it doesn't say online that they have an album, but then it just so happened that um one of the sites that I went to had a little subsection that had the album named. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that album actually exists unless that was filled in a long time ago th- before an album was coming. I think there's multiple singles off this album. Take your shoes off. Take yeah. your shoes off. I didn't know it. I have and I've written down, you will have forgotten this by the time you record the <laughs> podcast in a few hours. I've forgotten it. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. Move it, move it, move it, move it. Take your shoes off. Is that it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Take your shoesies off. Shoesies. I remember shoesies. (laughs) Because at one point, three quarters of the way through the music video, the lyrics came in on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Because of course they do. Oh, I do remember it because I've written down here instrumentally. It's got popcorn vibes, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's come back as a sample recently, isn't it? Uh, Tovlo's done that. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. I've just I, my, I haven't really written loads of notes on this. I've just written down these two make me really happy. Yeah, like they do make yeah. me happy. It's not, and you know what? I think it's really nice to hear music that's not from like big belt vocalists, and it's just a bit of crack. Mm. You know, I know it, it is. is. 
I know it's very heavily auto-tuned and stuff, but like it is just this is one of the things that I think you should be able to play people these songs and if they don't just open their mind and en- just enjoy the three minutes of it mm. just for three minutes of their day like there's something seriously wrong and this yeah. is where you know, sign them up for well-being yeah really. yeah god yeah cheeky girls on prescription that would be great um, I think because this is the second single like, you know the, the first one got so much heat so much hate people knew it because they'd already heard it on Pop Idol or whatever they did this one you know it's a number three and it's people who bought it purely because they like it you know the the, mm-hmm. the the first single got a number two probably because people bought it because they hated it so much because the media told them to hate it so much this one I imagine will have largely been ignored and now it just is actual fans who are buying it like there's, there's no media outlet who are really going out of the way to go on a, a, a long running campaign of hatred against the cheeky girls it isn't that deep like it really isn't that deep I think now we're at a point and I, and I noticed this from the comments on YouTube and what have you like you know you go on the video for the first song the cheeky song and there's like a mixture of comments of like yeah this is great and people are like oh god this makes me so angry this one is just way more positive because like all of those haters have moved on to the next thing to hate you know yeah. fast food rockers is not far away mm. they'll have directed the ire towards that this will have just been like kind of like largely left alone and, and because of that you know they've really doubled down on the stuff that everyone hated in the first place uh, but people who love it you know they'll love all love that it. stuff yeah and they've just gone further with it you know it's more auto-tune more bubblegum more popcorn as you've said there you know it's you know more kind of what we might perceive as like quite cringy lyrics uh, once again written by their mom margaret <laughs> look on lover um they know their audience it can't be denied you know there's there's lyrics in here about it's hard to be under 18 you know the frustration of wanting to go out clubbing but you can't because you're not old enough yet i mean it should be said that these the two of them are not 18 they're they're, they're over 18 yeah. But they're they're saying this song, you know, they very remember. much with the yeah, very much with the under eighteen audience in mind. Every girl and boy needs to grow up to enjoy the fun in disco clubs. It is hard to be under eighteen. You can push the time to be just free. Mm. It's not shit. Translate. You know, it's not poetry. It doesn't really rhyme or anything like that. But it doesn't need to because it's just happy and fun. Take your shoes off. What does take your shoes off mean? I don't know. I don't know either. Well, I know what it means, as in you need to take your shoes off your feet. But it sounds a bit like it should be scary. Tie your shoes. Take your shoes off. Um, Because if you're going clubbing, you don't. That's not a thing, is it? You don't take your shoes off in a club. No girls would take the shoes off and dance around their bags. The bags went into the middle. Yeah, I guess. The shoes come off, and then they would dance around. So maybe that's what it's about. Like, it's not like don't put shoes on whenever you go to the club and then as you march through the bar where there's broken glass and stuff don't have your shoes on um, that happened to a mate of mine recently uh, it might be just dance until you have to take your shoes off yeah. what does somebody stand on some glass uh, uh, a wine glass <laughs> like, like you know the, the the head of the wine glass had oh come my off God. it was just the spiky bit oh my god in a club in Sutherland oh my god right through Jesus yeah anyway mm. yeah uh, take your shoes off and feel free we love our teenage lives disco fever never dies oh, nice D-I-S-E-O. does make you a bit misty eyed doesn't it Thinking mm. of like happy times, yeah, isn't it? Did Does we it? get cheeky Christmas? Is that we, have yeah, we done that. We, we did it on the Christmas special. Did we? We, we, we will oh. do it again because okay. it'll be a top ten. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's great. There's even a bit in it here where one of them says, "Let's do it." There's like an instrumental bridgey bit. <laughs> Just do it. 
and then one of them goes, let's do it. But it's in like a sort of synthesized way that like makes you sort of think it could have either been like, it could have gone a different way from that point and gone like really hard, like scooter trance, or it could have been like, you're going to remix the whole thing to match that mood. But like, if you go back and listen to the song and find where she says, let's do it. You want bass hunter to drop in. Yeah, it mm-hmm. could have been like a really sexy, almost like Tom, Tom Craft techno banger. But you know, you probably could actually make some really interesting dance tracks with these two. Twenty years old, yeah. Just saying, not even not even using their existing songs, like using the tone of the way they sing in English. You know, mm. if you can, probably needs to be a bit more in key. But like, I love what's Sophia Vergara. Is oh, that yeah. Sophia? Like, I love Sophia's voice when she speaks, and I think that they kind of sing like that as well. Where's uh, Sophia Vergara, Bulgarian? No, I think she's like Spanish, Mexican. You know, Is she? Latin, Where are these Latin. guys from? Uh, these are from uh, Romania. Romanian. Um, They're from Transylvania, aren't they? Are they? There's something really nice about the way that they speak and the way like Sophia speaks, and I think that like there's there's scope to do something with that in songs that's really creative that nobody's really heard yet because the cheeky girl singles didn't really hit it the same way. So what you're saying is we need them back. Could they be the ones to fix the mess we're in? One one of them did date a politician. To be fair. Oh yes, they yeah. Did. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. Maybe, maybe there's a maybe there's a remix due. Maybe That's all we can ask for. Isn't it? I'm not asking them to come in and like be Chancellor. Just no. Just come in and fix the sadness we all feel right mm-hmm. now. Number six in the UK, de facto number five. You know, still doing that. <laughs> uh, it's from Good Charlotte, uh, the second single we've done from them. Although it's, I think they've had more singles to this point that didn't top ten, and we're just kind of catching the boat late. This one's called Girls and Boys. Girls This is the third single from the second studio album, The Young and the Hopeless. Um, I've got this down as an intro juice. Sure. Um, I loved this. Mm. I still love this. Yeah. And it makes me quite happy. Yeah. I think I like it more than uh, Lifestyles and Rich and the Famous. Do you like it more I think than I do. Maybe I, I do. I quite enjoy actually. the pace of this one. It's got like a, it's got like a nice. It's not it's not quite mm-hmm. as fast and frenetic as the other one. It's, yeah, it's a bit more kind of laid back and chill, well, but still anthemic. Yeah, they couldn't go faster with all the oldies that were going to go into the video. That it <laughs> no. killed half of the elder, like extra industry. Mm-hmm. I think they get a channel a bit of Blink One Eight Two, bit of Limp Biscuit type humour in the video without mm-hmm. being like as shocking as the sort of things they would do. They're quite an easy band to like, aren't they? I think because the sentiment of what they're saying. You know, from this one and the last one, it's become quite clear they don't really like rich people. Yeah. Which is quite an easy uh, statement to agree with, quite broadly, isn't it? I think Mm -hmm. not many people like rich people. (laughs) There's also a line in here, uh, these are a few of her favourite things. What are the chances in the Uh same week? Yeah. They channel a bit of blur, obviously with girls and boys, but there's even a line, and these girls like these boys, like these boys, like these girls, which is like a direct lift from blur. Madonna comes up here, Material World. And Michael Jackson dancing in the video as well. This is a very culturally... Eh? There's a bit where he does a bit of a turn and a bit of like a like the sort of Michael Jackson move. So there's a, a lot of... I've mentioned a lot of different bands and artists there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really plugged into the Zeitgeist type song that just rocks. I agree. I love rocks. the guitar in it. The guitar's mint. There's some clap-clap-along factor. Mm-hmm. Sing-along factor's clap. big in it. It's got a nice chill ending. And uh, I always loved the Madonna sample. I think that always was the one that really stood out to me the mm. most too. But 
yeah, I'm happy with this. Like it. Do you think? Because I've I've sort of read about their position and how long it's kind of taken them to be like a big smash hit, which you'd say they probably now are. Uh, the suggestion this had enough radio play and enough hype around it to be a possible number one, and it only came number six. Yeah, which is probably seen as a bit of a disappointment, but for for an alternative track to be up this high is quite good. Do you not think though that what could have happened here? I would love to see the statistics for what happened that week for Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous, mm-hmm. because I'm wondering if people going into music shops then saw that and then were like, "Oh, that needs to go in my collection." And actually, pocket money wise, you're having a debate about, "Oh, do I want boys and or do I want girls and boys, or do I want Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous?" And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you like you're buying Lifestyles because you think you need it in your collection more than girls and boys, and you'll get that another day, and then don't. Possibly, mm. and the album also could be out by this point as well. So maybe you get best of both worlds and buy that instead. Yeah, well, it's the third single, isn't it? Yeah. So the video you've got oldies acting as youngies. You've got some massages, some rocking out, a really good breakdown and stuff too. Um, I really r- haven't watched that music video in probably about twenty years. Mm. Well, eighteen or so, and loved watching it again. Really yeah, enjoyed it. It doesn't feel like sort of harmful, like other artists might have made it. You know, it could, it could have been like really sort of um, condescending to old people, and it could have been like really, really like just unpleasant. Yeah, you know what I mean, like towards them. But actually, it's like it's quite respectful, and it's just like it's just funny, and it like mm-hmm. capturing what they are putting across of just like you know recapturing youth, but like not in a not in a in a in a in like not in a I don't know what what what's we're looking for, like not in a way that kind of demeans them or anything like that. It's just yeah. like it's just fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun. And finally, at number seven in the UK, number six in Scotland for Bangra Nights, uh, another sample of some uh, Bangra. Uh, we've had Mundi the Batchke recently. Mm-hmm. We've obviously had Timberland doing his thing. Now here's another one uh, from a British duo, Jules and Jack, with uh, Hussan, who are Dutch duo Niels and Jeroen. This is Bangra Nights versus Hussan, track called Hussan. <laughs> samples Raj Mustav's uh, Heaven is a Place on Earth which isn't Belinda Carlisle no. um, got it down as an intro juice mm-hmm. straight away it's so strange because I remember thinking I remember when this came out already knowing the original mm. and I'm like how would I know that original that original must have been like absolutely massive because when it hit the Persia advert I knew the song mm. when it was in the Peugeot advert. Interesting. Um, so if you're not aware, uh, this was kind of made famous from the advert for a Peugeot 206, which sees a guy in India crashing his... I'm trying to think of what the stereotypical make of car is in India that he'd be driving. Um, but he starts. He drives it into a wall head first, then he reverses it back and smashes it. Then he tries to get an elephant to sit on it. And then he starts tapping it with hammers, and he completely changes the shape of this car. Uh, then he holds up a poster, which is of a... French Peugeot 206 and he's tapped the car of his own into the same shape as a 206 because that's what he aspired to have in India Mm. so that was quite interesting and then from that advert because that advert was such a massive deal this song was born and it was properly made Um, but yeah I really like it and then I love the rapping and stuff on it as well yeah 
really good. Is this appropriation in any way, shape or form? Because I couldn't find details in the people. The names were very statistically British. Yeah. Um, but the, the Google image search that it looked for and um, any discography and any history of the people, I couldn't necessarily find. Mm. Well, Bangor Knights are British and Hosanna Dutch. Yeah. And don't th- as sample aside, I don't think there's any real kind of uh, East Asian people really involved yeah. much beyond that. So arguably, maybe... But I would be way more concerned if somebody had made that from scratch as opposed to sampled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, you know, that sort of, you know, sampling of different cultures, you you can't, you can't not do it. No. And it still is done. Yeah. It still is done. Like you know, there's still to this day, white producers sampling you know R and B tracks from oh, yeah. black rappers. So mm-hmm. you know, this shouldn't be treated any different just because it's a, a different flavour of foreign person that we're, that we're, that we're used to because you know, the, the, the Bangra thing is more of a recent trend there may even be some more I'm trying to think them, well um, Kiss Kiss was the one we always oh, talked yeah. about which was a bit of an issue that sort of yeah okay that's interesting though because again it's the same sort of thing of like you know white person kind of almost colonising a, a, a sample from a different culture because we said Kiss Kiss was and there was that maybe more because of the, the video and the aesthetics and the optics of that, or there, yeah, there was small there was small parts in every little corner that caused an issue with that. Whereas one thing I find with this one, and even having seen the music video for this a lot when I was younger, is that like it actually sold East Asian culture to me, mm-hmm. and it probably made me more more likely to travel there, mm. and it, it made me take a much more active interest. There is still. There was. I still remember there being an issue with people dancing around to this like idiots, mm. um, and that's probably just the nature of two thousand and three. And well, yeah, in being ridiculous, not knowing at that point. But two thousand three, people wouldn't have known that they were being offensive. No, you thought you were being funny. Yeah, really. And like the whole, the whole. So the problem, the actual real problem here, is that Peugeot advert still makes it look like cars, and or like they, it makes it look like people in India, particularly aspire to have the lifestyle of the UK or America mm. and that's what the whole problem is here more so than anything it's mm. like look look over in the west this look is what, what you could have oh, you could have this this is what life's like there it's so much better than what you've got now because we've really got our shit sorted out haven't we? absolutely yes uh huh yeah you can Aye. have Tony Blair and you can have who was after Tony Blair the next time <laughs> who came after Tony Gordon Brown Gordon Brown who came yeah. after Gordon David Cameron Big DVC Who came after David Theresa May Ther- Oh Jesus God almighty Yeah yeah, we've got our shit together over yeah, here Yeah we're really yeah. sorted Yeah Yeah I will say though it's an absolute banger It is it's a banger an, it's, a, it's a banger banger I couldn't even possibly try and sing along to it but I wish I could you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. in, in, that, in that realm of kind of like, I, I wouldn't even bother to try because it would come oh, across it offensive. The, it had the head bop thing, didn't it? That was the head bop mm-hmm. that was in the car advert. So in the Peugeot 206 advert, the guy nods as he drives along, which still to this day is probably still a jokey thing. But um, yeah, so that was in the advert. That then got transpired into the video. And it's kind of actually, maybe this is way more impactful, you know, because you don't see people getting their pet elephants and making them sit in the car to reheat the car. But what you do... Nobody really sees it, but it still exists. And I know in my little car and dance where people do nod sometimes when songs come on. Mm. Like, and it's not an up and down nod; it's a, it's a peck. It's like a little chicken peck nod in time of the beat. That's that's lived on for twenty years. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it has. I'm glad it has. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've done our tracks for the week uh, nine or actually eight because you know. Uh, so we need to work out what we're going to do in terms of uh, some contenders for episode winner, and then whatever that we choose for each of us will go up against Girls Aloud, which is both of our 
series winner. Oh no. We're probably in a similar position again, aren't we? We've been in a very similar place for the last two weeks and I fear that as the weeks go by and as we head more and more towards Landfill Indy, which will bore us both to tears, uh, we're going to be in very similar places for the rest of eternity. We need, one of us should leave the podcast and be replaced by somebody. I said this last week, didn't I? Did we, need, we need somebody who's a complete contrast to us. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be just the two of us going, mm, yeah, mm, I agree. Mm. My my sister-in-law, Alison, would be good. Get her in. Wonder... <sighs> this is hard. Yes. Okay. This podcast brought to you by Morse code. <laughs> uh, That's a bit Morse, uh, isn't it? I can't decide. Can I decide on a clear winner? I can't decide on a clear winner. Um, <laughs> I will say, it's actually a pretty good week, isn't it? It's actually, no. No? Do you not I think? don't know. When I saw the list, I was really meh. Do you know what? Actually, I saw the list and thought, uh, meh, because I didn't rate favourite things until I re-listened, and I couldn't remember Kelly Rowland, and then actually, yeah, it's much better than what I give it credit for. Mm-hmm. And then, I obviously, I don't like Craig David and Sting as much as what I want to, so there's an issue there. Um, okay, right, are we doing, do you want me to do my four? You can do a four if you want. You don't have to force it, do what you want? No, I do I do have four. It's the order that I'm struggling with, to be honest. Uh, in fourth yeah, in fourth place, Big Brother. <laughs> Favourite things. In third place, Kelly Rowland, Can't Nobody. In second place, uh, Good Charlotte, Girls and Boys. Okay. And in first place, Tom Craft, Loneliness. No place for Bangor Nights. No. 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 Oh, no. Don't ask me the questions. <laughs> Don't ask me the questions. No yeah. No Ronan? No. No. Um, have I done it wrong? That, no, because do, I think... Do you want? I think if it was to swap out Bangor, I'd be getting rid of Big Brothers. No, it just... Just do, 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 do what you want. It's it's the it's the one and the two. The, the bottom two aren't the problem here. It's the is Tom Craft bigger for me than Good, good Charlotte? Because I really like Good Charlotte. Mm. But I think there's so much special about Tom Craft, and it's a really good sample. So yeah. okay, okay. Sorry, yeah, I'm just gonna have to move on from it because I'm not gonna be able to <laughs> just decide. wash your hands of it and walk away. Yeah, I can't decide this in a fair time for anybody. Okay, you're four. Uh, well, I, I think I actually have five this week. Do you? It's a it's it's a it's a. A deceptively good week on paper you kind of don't especially because I, I, again I'm similar, similar as you didn't think Big Brothers was as good as it is hadn't remembered Kelly Rowland at all but do like it a lot I'll give you my five uh, number five Good Charlotte Girls and Boys that low yeah. oh wow okay. yeah four we've gone with the same four Big Brothers mm-hmm. favourite things And I think I like it more than Ariana Grande's Seven Rings, which came back a few years ago and brought the Sound of Music sample back. Yeah, no, I didn't like that. Let's get, once again, campaign for Big Brothers to get the recognition they deserve. Yeah. 
Uh, three, Kelly Rowland, Carnal Body. Two, Bang Grenades versus Hussan. Mm-hmm. It's a bop. And number one, Tom Craft, Loneliness. But specifically the video cut on Spotify, that's the best one. Okay. It's got like a real pulsating bump to it that the radio one doesn't have. Okay. Both good. But the video cut is the best one. That's the one I recommend the most. Okay. It's like a real festival. Like you can picture the the lighting setup for it and the intensity of the room and the sweat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, right, so you've got some choices to make now. You've got Girls Aloud, Sound of the Underground in its ninth week, going up against Tom Craft, Loneliness. Two quite intense songs that I would, I would kind of associate to stick with the, the sort of the lighting rig metaphor of quite like sort of dark room flashy white lights yeah intensity lose your shit feel it's UKG versus techno here isn't it yeah niche Mm. niche and niche but both huge number one singles yeah Mm. I will hit you with a drone these are very close and I think I need to find some logic just to differentiate and it's not necessarily coming from a place of heart it's probably coming from a place of head I really like both of them Tom Craft Loneliness, I think some next level stuff. Uh, Girls Lloyd still had a massive impact. Those guitars are sick. I think my logic's gonna have to, and I don't like I don't like doing this because I don't have an issue with sampling. If anything, I really, really love it. There's a lot of originality in Sound of the Underground. And for me this week that trumps Tom Craft. Girls Lloyd stays on. It's a really thin argument, isn't it? <laughs> so, sort of. I think we'll use it for a different thing the other, in, in a couple of weeks' time. I'll say, <laughs> oh, well, that sample was just so so well done. Yeah. Is there some, there's something in me saying that Girls Aloud just has to stay on and has to deserve to stay on. I know. I, I know. I'm, I've, I, I don't know what's happened, but I feel like I've sort of turned a corner recently when it comes to, like, decision-making. I think because this year I've had to make decisions in real life that are, like hard and I think uh, I, I don't feel as sort of throwaway or maybe Girls Loud is just really really good I think it is really really good isn't it that's the, that's the, the no, crucial no, thing no, 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 but the, the sample thing is interesting you mentioned that because like obviously although there's not any official samples in Girls Loud it does borrow from a lot of different things doesn't it yeah it does it does It does take that sort of surf rock guitar you've got there uh-huh. it does bring in that kind of uh, pure tone slash koshin drum and bass kind of sound so there's nothing official there but you know the, the well, all you're doing is just pulling in cool names right? and making it sound <laughs> even more Tom crafty than what it was yeah I think they're in a very similar camp okay so you've stayed with Girls Aloud good for you and what about you then Liam here is your drone I have also had to have a logic conversation today in the shower before I left the house this morning <laughs> um, that's not what that's called <laughs> um uh, yeah, I have a logic conversation. So you put me off there with a the thought about shower activities, which I don't actually don't. I don't do. I'm going to be upfront and say I don't do it. I know some people do. That is one place I do not. I live with my, I live with my grandma. I don't do that. I can't be doing that. Anyway, um, sorry. 
yeah, the logic conversation. I've had, have, 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 I've had to have it as well. I think because the two tracks, I love them really both so much, and there's there's a real temptation. There is a, there's the biggest temptation I've had for a while, just to just sack the whole thing off and just go go down a Tomcraft route. But I'm kind of I'm in a similar logic place of view that I can't really put my finger on it. I'm just gonna have to say Girls Aloud stays on because all the logic that I had is kind of disintegrated. Okay. Is there a glow from Sound of the Underground that's undescribable? Yeah. Like a little Care Bear flashing heart that just lights us up a wee bit. It's like yeah. red, ready break for the soul. Musical ready break. Aye. Th- mm. There is just a bit of magic about it that's hard to, that's hard to really qualify. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Yeah. I get that, yeah. It doesn't make for an interesting podcast if we go, it's good, but I can't figure out Well, why. if you're shouting at us right now because you really dislike Girls Loud, then it makes least causes a reaction that's something yeah. chain yeah. reaction running through my brain mm-hmm. that's an actual lyric very good uh, so you well you, we, you picked four I picked five we need three for the listener's choice we've got whatever won last week uh, versus we're going to say Tom Craft definitely Tom in Kraft there Tom Craft definitely Kelly Rowland definitely and I both yes. went for that uh, and well, I've got Bangor Nights up in second but we both went Big Brothers should we go Big Brothers Big Brothers yeah cool Okay. Uh, head across to our Twitter page at TNN Pod for that it always goes live on a Saturday and it has I've been very good at doing it on a Saturday this, well this season I don't, know, I don't know what's happened to us but uh, that's always there Facebook, Instagram, Twitter get in touch with us you can email us as well hello at tnnpod.co.uk uh, whatever you want to send to us emails, voice notes yes please actual things I don't know do what you want uh, but next time on the Naughty Story Lisa Scott Lee becomes the latest step to break out of steps Sean Paul is getting busy and Justin Timberlake would very much like to get busy with your permission of course plus Liam prepares for another showdown with his nemesis Bon Jovi (laughs) Stereophonics make a long awaited return and big follow up singles for Tattoo and GA The Girls Allowed yes it's going to be a big week Mm -hmm.